there's no revelation. And we should also note our own Ian Begley here, you know, for SNY put out a piece in which I love, there's nothing better in the world of media than how Ian words things. And so when Ian is like, I think it's something along the lines of like, I would not be surprised if the Knicks knew where they stand on the honest front. You can, I read that as like, the Knicks know exactly where they stand on the yeah, honest front. Yeah. And my, my guess is that they feel pretty good about where they stand. So that to me, and for the, for if you didn't listen to the low post, basically he was like, I'm not ruling out the possibility that they trade him next summer, which for Zach to say that, and, and he is, you know, says like he's, he's talked to people in Milwaukee and they're, you know, they understand the situation, the whole thing. There's enough people saying enough things that this seems like a real, uh, uh, something could happen next summer, basically. Nothing can happen this year, but something can happen next summer. And people are already starting to compile their list of teams. B- hmm. And the reason it's interesting and why I think it is worth touching on now is essentially what Ian wrote, which is like, if you think you have a shot at this guy, and Zach has said as much too, and it, I don't know what the percentage chance you, you need to feel like you have to do this, but like, if you think you can get Giannis into the Kumpo, you kind of need, I mean, every decision you make at the very least needs to have that, the, the specter of that in like the, the, the background. So yeah, I, I just, that's why I just wanted to touch on it real quick for, and, and what I wanted to ask you, if you were a team that had the assets to trade for him, and you did not get an assurance from Giannis that he was going to stay. And let's say he was like, I'm open to the idea. I'll come because keep in mind at this point, it would be a year left on his contract. Anyone who trades for him next summer, he, he's then a year away from free agency. He's like, I'll come. I'll come with an open mind. I just want to win. I'm not giving any guarantees. Would you trade for him? And I'm not even going to add any like, w- w- like, would you trade this package or that package? Because you know, there's no conversation about the package. You're giving up. You're giving everything, right? If it, To get him, you have to give everything. Would you trade for him if you did not get that assurance knowing what it would take to, to get him? Only reason I hesitate is just to make sure I'm like what the percentage is that I'd say yes. Um, but I'd, I'm, I'm like at 90% yes. 90% yes. Yes. Okay. So... If you're at 90% yes, I think the implication is that you feel good about yourself as an organization, mm-hmm. right? You feel good enough about yourself as an organization that you could give up whatever is going to take to get him and that A, you're going to have enough left over to feel to make him feel like he is still in a situation where he could win championships because that's the standard. That's what he's looking for, right? If he wasn't looking for that, he wouldn't think about leaving Milwaukee, which maybe he doesn't. And also that like there's enough good stuff other than that around your organization where that just makes him feel really good. Cause presumably he, there are other things he, he also maybe cares about or, or is in consideration. So you would say 90% yes. I think it's tough to even find a precedent because this would be a very unique situation, you know, because I, I don't, I don't think there is a precedent. So it's very much like, People are going to point to Kawhi and how he left after a year, and it's just there's so so many other variables involved. Hold, stop right there. there. Not comparable. 
they so wanted it's not to, comparable. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to. Masai Ujiri wanted to blow that up anyway, and like, I mean, Demar Derozan's a nice, really nice player. He might make the Hall of Fame someday. No one was giving up much for him, so it was Derozan and a, a, a what ended up being a, a late for, late first round <laughs> pay or a late the cost. Pay. Yeah, the cost is incomparable. The so cost was nothing. That's the other I mean, thing. Yeah. The, and even like you want to bring up the Paul George, which is which will be brought up a lot in the next year because spoiler alert, Oklahoma City has the best package. As that was something else they talked about on the low post. Um, they've done this, but even when they did it with Paul George, it was Oladipo before Oladipo became All NBA third team Oladipo. He was more like honestly, in terms of like a player value, he was kind of like RJ is now with the Knicks. You know. Yeah. Similar viewed in a similar he's, way. He's a role player, yeah. Yeah, he was a he was a solid starter, right? He was a solid starter. You figure, okay, these guys are gonna be able to good good to be our you know third or fourth best player on a decent team. And then Sabonis, but the key thing was Sabonis, it was Sabonis after his rookie year, and nobody had any like you might have been if even if you were high on him, you, you didn't you weren't anywhere near where like what he's become. So even that package with for Paul George with a year left on his deal. I, is not even in this conversation. I, 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 I'm not there. I really don't think that there is anything. To the cost is what makes this so unique because I don't think like Dwight Howard to the Lakers at, for a year was a comparable because that, that was like four teams got involved. I know it cost the Lakers. Pow, no, no, Pow was on that team. You, after, you know what? It cost him Lamar Odom. That's. No, well, no, it cost them Bynum. Not was the big Bynum. Bynum was the big prize, and obviously Bynum turned into a pumpkin. But we, they didn't know that at right. the time, right? That, you know, so that's the best comp. But keep in mind that trade was in two thousand. Was it twelve or it was it was off season of twenty twelve because it led okay. to the off season of twenty thirteen where there was a Dwight sweepstakes, <clears throat> sweepstakes, which by all accounts people thought. Dwight was going there to be the next great Laker to get traded to get a great player to get traded to the Lakers and stay there. It took a unique situation of like Kobe hated him from day one. Yeah. And then, and then so, um, Dwight had his surgery. Kobe tore his Achilles. Like it was a, a, a snowball effect. So that's not comparable for that reason, which is like, they thought they had it in the bag and mm-hmm. didn't end up having it in the bag. And it's also not comparable because back then we weren't seeing the packages now that we're seeing like I don't, like really the closest comp this is going to sound maybe a little crazy closest comp might be Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland because they he had three years left on his deal but like they had to know once they traded for him like if this doesn't go great the next two years we're probably going to have to look at moving him after two years now it'll be different with Giannis because he's going to have only one year left on his deal versus you know, so like, I don't know. I think at the very least, you can't trade for him unless you feel pretty good that you're gonna be maybe not the 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 number one um, contender for the for the, the the next year's championship, but like right there, like you're gonna be one of the two or three teams that are gonna re- really be in it, right? That that has to be the the baseline, right? But that's the calculation I'm making is that the Knicks would trade for Giannis and they'd be a contender for a title and say the doomsday scenario that is why there's a 10% of maybe not that I'm throwing out there. Say he does leave after a year, but it's after a title that banner flies forever like that. The Raptors get to claim the 2019 title forever. 
And as much as it would be like, oh well, the the Knicks are in another another pick goes to goes to Milwaukee this year. That banner still flies forever. So I I still it's defensible if you go all in for Giannis. And then if something goes wrong, you're like, you know what? If you're gonna go all, go all in for somebody, it's Giannis. Um, I wonder. I guess my question back to you is because it would be a one year thing. And I, my Giannis may have something to do with this too, and how much pressure he may put on Milwaukee, which is like it would have to be a trade request. But because it's a one year thing, does that change the price at all? Does it change the cost at all? It would be because the other comp, think, the so, package that we're talking about is the Anthony Davis package, where he had a one year left with the Lakers. But it's all but knew everybody he knew he was going to yeah. yeah, everybody knew. So that, but that's why I posed the hypothetical the way I did. It assumes. He doesn't give an assurance. He won't give an assurance to certain teams. The way that this can get complicated is if there are some teams that he does give assurance, not assurances, but like they're going to feel better about their chances versus other teams where he will not say explicitly, I'm not resigning there, but he won't give them as much of an assurance as other teams. If you're sitting, let, and let's just say it, let's let's put the Knicks in category one, right? The team, the, a, a team where it's like we feel pretty good about if we get him, he's going to want to stay here, whether it's through back channels or whatever that they have that assurance. It, I think what makes it so tough is I still don't know if you're in a position like like the Knicks would be in that scenario. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying let's pretend it, that is what happens. I don't know that you could sit back and be like, well, we're really going to negotiate hard here because we feel like since we have the leg up that Giannis is going to want to resign here, no one else is going to pony up enough to, 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 to take him from it, which by the way is exactly what they did last summer. And look, it may have worked out. Well, that's not of a Mitchell. This is Giannis instead of Kumpo. And, but more to the point, like, I agree with you. I think there's going to be at least one team out there, even if he doesn't give an assurance, I think there's going to be at least one team out there that says, you know what? Fuck it. We have the goods. We, we feel we feel okay about taking this chance and makes the trade. And it, I mean, I'm, what I'm dancing around is like, I think this has a chance to be, if it comes to it, big if, the most fascinating trade sweepstakes. I don't know if I even want to call it that in the history of the league because you have... Like you also have teams like the Lakers, who the way their cap situation is, there's a world where they are like, you know what? Well, A, we don't have a ton of assets, but that's probably the most important thing. But also, we could just open up enough cap space that if Giannis really wants to come here, he could just walk in onto our roster in 2025. So like, yeah. So how does that factor in? I, I find it to be utterly fascinating. You want to just go? I want to go through quickly. Who are the teams that we think could at least have a real package that would that would make sense for both sides? And I phrase that just that way because, like, you know, like I'm looking at Boston, right? So, like, Boston's a very good team. Obviously, they have Jalen Brown, like. I'm sure they would love to swap Jalen Brown for Giannis Antetokounmpo and even like Jalen Brown plus a bunch of picks. But like, what does that do for you if you're the Bucks? You know, like Jalen Brown's a really nice player, 
maybe they add it, maybe they keep around Chris Middleton or whatever. But like, if you're like, he's already kind of on the older side, he's already signed for a ton of money. The picks that you're getting from Boston are not going to be great picks because now you got Tatum and Giannis there, and it's fucking Boston. They're always going to be good. So like, I think I think well, we're going to hear about a lot of teams over the the coming months and and however long that could be in it for Giannis. I really think there's we we might be able to whittle down like the list. Like obviously the most fascinating one is Oklahoma City. And it's yeah. not even about the it's not even about the picks. And I've talked about I think I've talked about this on the on this before, but I'll I'll say it again. If anybody if anybody has a four day weekend with their wife away and wants to <laughs> kill time, go look up the actual picks that Oklahoma City has from other teams. There's not a lot of I, if any golden tickets there, you know, and this is why I know you wanted to kill me when I was like over the summer, I was like, yeah, I would, I would swap Emmanuel quickly. If I could get back that unprotected Hawks pick either in 20, I forget what the two years are 20, like the 2027 unprotected Hawks pick, but like that carries with it. The possible, the golden ticket possibility, these picks out there that like, you know, like the thunder have like picks from the Clippers that everybody loves to talk about. Those picks are protected. And if there is zero possibility that you're getting the first, second, or third pick in the draft or fourth pick in the draft, like that takes away a lot of the value. Like you, you want whatever percentage chance it is, you want the chance of like, oh, this could turn into Jason Tatum, you know, or this could turn into Kyrie Irving, who was picked with a pick that was traded away and was unprotected. Like you want that possibility. It doesn't always work out. Like the famous example is the Kings pick. That it was like the golden ticket for years and years and years. That ended up turning into the 11th pick in the draft. It was something special, you know. But like, you want that chance. So I'm, I'm ranting and raving. But like, that's for me why I think Oklahoma City is is but is still interesting though because of the young players. And this is again what they talked about in low post. But like, they really do have some. Like, what could Chet Holmgren be? What could Josh Giddy be? What you know? What could Jalen Williams be? Like, these are all big time possibilities so then my counterpoint to the golden ticket that a hawks pick could be i'm just using that as one example it's know, an unprotected but... pick years into the future for an organization that like you would not look at them as an organization and be like oh they're definitely going to be you know great seven years from now or five whatever five years from now and i'm saying that exact description that you came up with and I, it may turn into a question i have for you is how I think a lot of these GMs think of the Knicks. Here's sure, four yes. unprotected golden tickets, which is why I think you don't need to go trade quickly and mortgage your backup point guard situation for this year. So that way you can get an unprotected Hawks pick. You have four golden tickets, which will trump any any trade package. Or I ask you the question, I, have the Knicks will- upped their reputation enough that their four golden tickets aren't as valuable anymore that the no. gamble of, you know what, if I have a chance of like three OKC pick picks and Josh Giddy and Jay will, or can I have four Knicks picks that, and, and all their swaps for the next seven years or whatever the trade package would be. I would always gamble on Knicks stuff rather than anybody else because of the reputation, the Knicks tax, I, as they call it. I would too. I think the calculation changes a bit. And again, this is where what Milwaukee knows matters so much. Let's say Milwaukee knows that if they trade him to the Knicks, 
he is going to re-sign with the Knicks, and there is a likelihood that he is going to want to continue to live in Manhattan and experience the life of, of being, you know, in a major city, and he is not going to leave. If they know that, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the golden ticket ticket aspect of, you know, yeah, it's LOL Knicks, it's a James Dolan own team, you know, it could go south at any moment. I think that takes a little bit of the bloom off that rose. They may know that, they may not know that. You know, at the time, like that's why it's just so complicated. I want to, though. So yes, unprotected future picks from teams from organizations that don't have a great track record. Like, I do think that's the goal to accumulate as many of those as possible. But I, I don't think those are as good as a player. You feel like is on a rookie contract that is like has a good chance of being an all NBA caliber player. Like basically SGA. SGA is the dream. Like if you're looking at what is the best what is the best asset that has been traded over the last X number of years in the NBA <clears throat> the well I can't call it the Tatum pick, right? Because it was it was the I mean technically the Tatum pick did get traded. But it's not yeah, from but it was, the Nets. It's from Boston. It's, yes, it's from exactly. Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, it was from Philadelphia. But whatever that that pick originally was was not the third pick in the draft did not originally. Or sorry, no, the first pick in the draft. The did first. Not originally, so yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. But they okay. didn't trade. Brooklyn couldn't have had Jason Tatum. They the yes. Markel Fultz pick is what got yeah okay. Traded. So that's the best asset. I think you well actually I don't know what's a better asset Tatum or SGA. I'm at the point of SGA, but I also might be SGA. Like I, you're not wrong if you say Tatum. Whatever calculation, yeah. But the but the point is that like SGA is right there, and he he may have no doubt about that. Like that is the best. Like so, if you could get that, you get that, and then if you can't get that, then you look for as many future unprotected picks as possible. Ideally, from teams that are not the team that you are trading your two time MVP to. So like. Let's finish up with that because we, we I want to move on. The young players that we think would actually be included in the deal, in a deal. Um, and we, we try to figure out who are the best ones. Like Maxi, yes, but like I don't I don't see Giannis and Embiid. Do we think that's a possibility? I don't see that as a possibility, right? No. 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 Maxi Philio, by the way. Well, Philly doesn't have any picks. They have one pick. I think they could trade, but I think there's some protection stuff. And Maxi is not the sort of player that I think, like, if you're Milwaukee, you bypass picks just to get Maxi. So let's let's move aside from him. Cleveland. Oh, there's the th- one. There's an interesting conversation that I don't know. But the picks then come into play. Like, I, so that's so. Here's the question, and it's a question from Cleveland side. Next question from Milwaukee side. Would Cleveland trade Evan Mobley without assurance that Giannis is going to sign past the year that he's there? And then I see you're going with this. Would Milwaukee say, you know what? We're fine with it just being Mobley as the return. We don't need the picks. Oh, so if this is next summer, they can trade one. It's only sure. one pick. They, so it's, it's enough Mobley, time passed by. Yeah, it's Mobley in the two thousand. What would that be? The 31? 31. Yeah, 2031 yeah, 31. unprotected pit first. Throw in a two thousand thirty swap. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, for well, basically one year of Mitchell, Giannis, and and maybe um, more. Well, no, Mitchell Giannis from one year of Mitchell Giannis and uh, Garland. Unless you think Garland would have to go on that deal too, to because <laughs> you're only giving up one pick. Interesting one. Mm-hmm. That's a, I think that's a fascinating one from both sides. So, I I don't think I don't think we've heard the last of. I, no one said it. To be clear, I'm the one saying it, and I know nothing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if this Cle- if Cleveland rose up as like a possibility. I so here's the mental gymnastics I'm doing. I've kind of planted my flag on Giannis's staying island, and this was weeks ago before other okay. reporting came out. And Jeremy and Mensa have been like pointing to the cap sheet and reading all the tea leaves and. Like there's a New York Times article that Giannis did before he went on like this press tour yes. of like I'm leaving, you know. Well, it's he didn't say he's leaving. He's, but like you know what I'm saying? Like he's laying out he's the, putting the putting he's the, putting pressure. Yeah. And I put it into the ether that I think he's just doing what LeBron did for years and is like, listen, I'm I'm keeping my options open. I'm not committing long term. I'm putting pressure on my organization. This and I'm also hold on, I'm also very much still influenced by Mirren Fader's book that just talks about Giannis's appreciation. Now, this was four years ago, so he might be a different person than he was then. Just his appreciation for the stability of Milwaukee and what he found in a new home. The of like People make jokes about his brothers being on the team. No, I, I know. This is a thing. Like the, You go overseas and the 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 Antikupo bros is like a thing and they're able to just be on the roster and be his buds. And, you know, uh, is he going to have that with the Knicks? Is he going to have that elsewhere? Does he still care about that? Now I don't, I am of the belief that the, the bucks will try to make one to two more moves to keep him. I'm so sure he's a will. buck for life. Sure and will. that some of this might not mean anything. I also recognize that since I, put that belief out there he's now said multiple places and then other people that are very credible in their reporting have also put out there that we may like you like what you're reading into to create this conversation next summer could be a summer of the honest trade and i i i think i've gone from like 85 percent i'm i think i'm gonna be right to it's like a 50 50 now 